But try not to smell the food too much, amen? Try to focus. We're so excited that we have a place to eat after church, amen? And uh, today's going to be an awesome day. I want to announce uh, that tonight we're having something very, very exciting and special, if you don't know already. We're gonna, um, it's been on Instagram. We've been anno- announcing it. It's something we've never done, but I really, really believe we're going to have an awesome uh, turnout from it and awesome fruit. At, at every service, if you've noticed, like Dwayne did this morning, um, we, we prayed for needs. And the only thing that moves God's hand is prayer. How many believe this morning that God is a supernatural God and nothing is impossible for Him? Nothing. But here's the interesting thing about God. He chose, and this is humbling, He chose to do things and move His hands through our prayers. So His power is limitless, but He's limited by us. Crazy thought. Unlimited power, but He chose to, be, uh, to unleash His power through our prayers. So this morning, we're going to announce that tonight we're doing something we've never done, and I believe it's not going to be the last time, but we're going we're gonna to do what's called a prayer revival. We have had revivals ever since we started this church, two or three a year. I was saved in a revival. What is a revival? A revival is we start on a Sunday, and we go Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and we have services every night, and we have a, usually a guest evangelist speaker come in and and, uh, and preach to us and give us words from kind of outside of our house uh, and, and things like that. But this time, we're not going to have a speaker. We're going to pray. And we're going to come in. It's going to start tonight. And I'm going to give some teaching tonight on praying and fasting. And, and, and some of you maybe are praying for jobs. Um, you're praying for family members. Maybe some of you are praying for a, a loved one, a family member that's not saved. I mean, there's lots of things to pray for. And on that note, by the way, uh, I want to announce that, that Brian and Joy had their baby uh, yesterday morning. Um, but there's been some complications, and we need to be praying for, for them. The baby's fine, but um, she, she was having troubles breathing when she was born. And so they immediately had to take uh, her to, a, to, to ICU and uh, put her on a breathing machine. And so she's been uh, being helped by the breathing, and then it's been getting better every hour that's been going by. Uh, they didn't get to see her till yesterday afternoon, so that was kind of difficult for Joy to not even see the baby when it was born. So be lifting Brian and Joy up. Um, there are youth leaders if you don't know who they are, um, and I'll keep everybody posted on that. So th- that's just an example. There's so much to pray for, right? If you ever think, stop and go, you know, I don't, I heard, I've heard people say, I don't know what to pray for. I'm like, are you alive? I mean, how do you, there's always something to pray for, right? There's always something to pray for. So we, there's a lot to pray for. And what I want to pray for more than anything, I want to pray for those things I just mentioned. But I want to pray for a revival. Yeah. What does that mean? I want to pray for this nation to repent. I want to pray for this nation to turn back to God. I want to see this city get saved. I want to see this place filled where there's no place to sit with people coming in and getting saved and giving their lives to Jesus. How many want to see that too? And I believe with all my heart that this, this prayer revival is going to do something. So please, uh, come back tonight. Uh, be it everyone you can. It'll be a little easier tomorrow and, Monday and Tuesday. We're going to make it a little easier, being the fact that um, we're going to start right at 7. We're not even expecting uh, our leaders to be here at 6 like they usually are. I know they're coming from work, but we're going to focus on prayer. Come as you are. Come as, as from work, however you need to get here. But just come to pray. 
And I promise you, by Wednesday, we're going to have testimonies. Uh, not only of what God has done, but of what, how people have learned the power and the importance of prayer. Amen? Go to Genesis 25 this morning, if you would. And I want to give a, a message that I, I just feel is, is, is for us today. It's going to be on time. And I asked, um, I, th- I think, we're, I'll go ahead and put it up there, Chris, if you don't mind so they can see it. I want to talk about something that's a, it's a, a, a major problem in our, in our world today. And it is called instant gratification. Can I get an amen? I have my cell phone in my hand for a reason. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to everybody, nobody exempt. Uh, we, we are being ran by these things right here. Now, this isn't the only place you get instant gratification. But we're in a world today where we don't wait for anything. Okay? We don't wait for anything. Matter of fact, when I just said that word, some of you thought I cussed. Some of you thought, did he just cuss? That's how, you know how you hear someone say something one time? Oh, did they just cuss? I said wait, and that's a cuss word for this generation. Right? We do not like to wait. And if you don't think that's true, I mean, I, I, we're all guilty. I'll put myself on blast. Amen? If I'm going through a drive through and it's supposed to be fast food, I'm there complaining, and I'm saying this isn't fast. This is, this, we're supposed to be out of here already, right? I could have made this at home by now, and we're just impatient. If we are looking at our phone for anything, and it's not loading immediately, I mean, how many of you with me just start hitting that thing like this? Like, how, come on, and you're refreshing, and you're loading again, and you're going to check your Wi-Fi and all these different things. I don't know I'm hitting some nerves right now. But that's, that's just, I'm just giving you an example of instant gratification. Well, the, there's a lot of big decisions we have to make in our life. And a matter of fact, I'm going to turn this on to airplane mode right now because this, this phone likes to talk to me. There's a lot of uh, things that, that the, the enemy will place in front of us that look good. And we can make a quick decision sometimes. And, and when we make that quick decision, it can cause us to miss out on, what, on a word I want you to write down called our destiny. Our destiny. God has a destiny for all of you this morning. He has a plan. The Bible says since you were born, he has had a plan for you. That's hard for some of us to believe, but it's true. He has, he has had a plan for your life. And, and Jeremiah actually says that he has thoughts towards you. Isn't that amazing to think that God is thinking about us? And it says he has thought. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you and he says they're good ones, and they're not of destruction. And he says to give you an expected end. And so he's thinking about us. He has a destiny for us and a purpose for us. But a lot of times we can trade in our destiny for instant gratification. And we can do things making a quick decision. So I want to read in Genesis chapter 25 a story that many of you will know. And then I want to just give you some pointers and some things that we can think about this morning. Give me an amen if you're there. Verse 29, we're going to talk about Jacob. Make sure I'm there myself. Now, Jacob cooked a stew. Interesting, I didn't do this on purpose this morning that we're having lunch after. Does anybody like stew? Let me see your hand if you like stew. Okay? That's, that's, there's all kinds of different kinds of stews, and I would like to know what yours is. Amen? I'd love to try it. Invite me over, I'll come try it and see if it tells you if it's good or not. Or you can bring it here. I'll eat it for lunch at the office. Whatever you want to do. But I love stew. I love, I love soup. 
I love any kind of food like that, but I like it when it's cold, too. This isn't a good day to go off of this because we're in our bipolar Texas, amen, where it's 88 degrees today. But they're eating a stew and um, doing what Christians do, which is eat. And Esau, his brother, comes in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, verse 30, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. And he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. By the way, I, how, does anybody like lentils? If you've never had lentils, let me just interject something here. Great food. Okay? Like that might be, believe it or not, one of my favorite foods. My, my daughter Destiny is with me on that. Ground beef and lentils and rice. I could eat it every day, huh, honey? Is that true? I could eat it every single day. Just had to throw that in there. If you have not tried lentils, try some lentils. They're really good. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. And watch this and underline this. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Holy Spirit, we ask you this morning to uh, prepare us and touch our minds. Lord, we're here this morning because we want to learn. We want, we want the best that you have for us. We understand that you're real. We understand that you're alive. We understand that you have a plan and a purpose for us. And this world governed by the enemy, Satan himself, is, is so hard trying to cause us to do everything quick and everything without waiting and everything irrationally and everything for instant gratification. And Lord, we can learn from this story this morning how important it is to wait how important it is to uh, listen to your voice and be guided by you. So I ask that you'd guide this message and guide my words and anoint it. And we come against every force of darkness and every enemy that would try to hinder anyone from receiving this word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. I want to read this over again, if you will, and I want to say something about it as we read it. This is really important. So we see that he's cooking a stew, and I want to kind of relate this to our daily lives. Uh, Esau is coming in. He is the older brother. Jacob is the younger brother. Now, before we get to the birthright part, it, we don't understand that in our generation like they did in Bible times. The birthright was everything. The birthright was uh, a power. The birthright was the, the one who was going to inherit the father's stuff. Uh, the birthright was, was it, it, I can only say this word, it was everything. It meant everything. And it, it was who that, that child wanted to be. It was the prestige. It was important. And so he, Esau has that birthright because he's the oldest son. And it's his to give away. It's his to have. And so he is out working. And here's the interesting thing. I want to give you some things to think about. A lot of times when the enemy is trying to deceive us and lie to us and trick us, we can be doing the right thing. It's not always that we're doing the wrong thing when the enemy tricks us. Esau was working. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But Esau probably, if you begin to think about this story, 
when he came in to get that stew, he came in from being hungry. Here's the thing I think I want you to think about too. When we make bad mistakes and do things we shouldn't do, it, 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 a bad mistake doesn't happen overnight. Are you following me? It, 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 you don't just make a bad mistake. You make a bad mistake when you have been making little bad mistakes. Meaning you've been losing your discipline or you've been uh, uh, getting lazy on things or you've been, uh, in, our, in our walks, not praying, not staying in the Word, not, not uh, being in relationship with God. Those are the times when you don't have to necessarily be sinning where God can come in and begin to deceive you a little bit and trick you a little bit and put things in front of you and, and cause you to, to be weary. And that's what Esau was. When you're weary, you're in trouble. You're in danger. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just saying you're in a place of danger when you're weary and you're tired because you kind of care less than when you're fresh. By the way, how many enjoyed that extra hour of sleep this morning? Isn't it amazing? It actually works. I'm serious. I felt so. I, I woke up before the alarm went off this morning. I'm like, man, you know, how many would like to just have that every Sunday? I wish we could just gain an hour every Sunday. It would be awesome. And if you, if you noticed, I, no one got a text last night reminding you that today was the clocks were going to change. I was like, if they do it wrong, they'll be early this time. Amen. Always in spring, always in spring, I send out a text. Hey, don't forget to put your clocks right because you won't be late. But I was thinking, just kind of going off of this for a second, I was thinking if I could have my life my way, we would have fall like this and we'd have, we'd have the clock do this. And then we would go through Thanksgiving and we'd go to Christmas and it would actually get a little cold at least and stay cold for a few months. And then spring would come and then we would have the clocks spring forward and then uh, we would go into a few, maybe a month of spring and then we would fall back to fall again. If I could have life my way, we would just skip summer. That's just me, though. I, I got the mic. Amen. That's just me. I love spring, spring and I love fall. But I love fall more than I love anything else. So I could just, like, hit the repeat button, you know, and go back to fall again. And get the extra hour of sleep. But thinking about this, being tired and being weary, Esau comes in. Let's look at verse 30 again. And he says, Please feed me with some of that red stew, for I am weary. And his name was called Edom. And then Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. So what, what Jacob is doing is he's seeing him in his weakness. He's seeing him in a place where he needs something that he has. And so we see that he, he's asking, how much is that worth? I want to read something about birthrights and how much it's worth. For us, we don't understand the birthright as much, but you'll understand this. Technology has endangered uh, our, us with this instant gratification. Technology has done that. We have satellite communications, microwave dinners, faxes, we have ATMs, we have everything at the tip of our fingers, and we don't have to wait for anything anymore. Everything you want, you can get online. Like you can go grocery shopping online. You can, I mean, look at what's the one of the biggest booms today in the world, Amazon. You can buy everything online. You don't have to go to the store anymore. Now they even come to your house with your groceries. I mean, it just keeps getting more and more. Pretty soon they'll come and put you to sleep, right? They'll, um, they'll come and feed you. They'll, they'll do, they'll be all be there, and it's all on an app nowadays, right? There's an app for everything. And so the enemy is getting us to a place in the generation we're living in where we want to have something 
But we want to have it yesterday. We don't even want it now. We want it yesterday. And I want to make a statement to you, just to, if you don't get anything else out of this message, that nothing worthwhile, nothing worthwhile happens overnight. Nothing worthwhile happens overnight. How many would agree with that this morning? That anything that is worthwhile, anything that is of value, takes time and takes work. You know, a lot of times we can look at someone who's successful, whether it's in a, a business or maybe here we could look at a marriage. We could look at someone who has a career. We can look at that, and I want to maybe focus on marriage for an example. You can look at that marriage and say, man, they just look happy. They've been married for 20, 30 years. They seem like they're, they're, they've, they've got it together. Well, that marriage, a, a marriage of 20 or 30 years that's successful does not happen overnight. It happens with lots of overnights, overnights and overnights, over and over, doing the right thing and making good decisions and, and not falling into the trap of instant gratification. But understanding that if something is worthwhile, it's going to take time. Anything that you build takes time. Now, I mentioned this Wednesday, I think, that nowadays things aren't made to last anymore. I mentioned the KitchenAid thing that they sold, sold 40 years ago that my dad still has. They don't make things to last anymore. And it's almost like they're setting us up to fail because they want us to have something that we need, but when it breaks, we just go get a new one. Today, marriages, when it breaks, they just go get a new one. Right? Anything that breaks, you just go get a new one. If a friendship's not good, I'll just go find another one on Facebook. I got lots of friends. I've got 500 friends, and if this one doesn't like me, I'll, I got 499 more. Although the only problem is you only actually know 10 of them, right? And the other 400 you knew in high school, and you never talked to them, but they're your friend. How many are getting what I'm saying? We're set up in our minds to have this instant gratification. So there's, we're, there's a thing called the 50-year cycle. Listen to this. It's, it talks about how uh, back in Julius Caesar's day, um, it would take 100 years, or 50 years, sorry, for everything that we know to, 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 to duplicate itself. As you go back further in time, the technology that we have today, they always had, they didn't call it technology, but the knowledge that they have would take uh, sometimes hundreds of years, then it would get shorter, then it was 100 years, then it would get shorter, then it was 50 years. Today, everything we know today will be duplicated in 16 months. Everything. So when you go buy a computer, it's outdated in 16 months. And that's probably, an, uh, that's probably changed since I looked. It just keeps getting less. And so when we get something where we get some, some, something that we need, all of a sudden it is out of date and it is not working anymore. And we've got to go find the newest thing that's out to keep us up to date on everything that's going on. And I think sometimes as much as I like technology, I wish I lived 100 years ago. I wouldn't mind going back to that day of living where things were simpler, right? And you didn't have so many distractions. So distractions are a smokescreen sometimes for us. And I want us to think about this. Um, a lot of people have this attitude. I don't know what I want, but I want it really bad. And I want it really quick. Think about that. I don't really know what I want, but I want it really bad. And I want it now. That's kind of the mentality that we have as people. You ask someone, what do you want to do with your life? They're like, I'm not really sure, but I want it to happen now. 
You know, it, it, we're in an instant gratification life. So I want you to think about something. Here's another thing about human nature. How many have ever heard the saying, a bird in your hand is worth more than two in the bush? That means that we, what we have in our hand is more worthwhile than what we can dream about or we can think about having. A lot of us are, are thinking about things we want, but we're not thinking about the price it's going to cost to have it. We don't calculate. So going back to this story, Esau is hungry, and Jacob says, I know this dude's desperate. He's so desperate. How many, how many know that Esau wasn't going to die if he missed that meal? Right? I, I, I'm one of those that could afford to miss a meal. I can make it through a meal. Amen? I can make it through a day. He wasn't going to die. But what does the devil do? He puts you in a situation, and he makes you think, you're going to die if this, you don't get this. You're not going to make it if this doesn't change. If, you, if this doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. And he'll give you these thoughts because he's been doing this for a long time. He has a lot of experience. I'm not trying to give him credit, but it's true. And so we have to understand there's things that we want, but we have to understand I can't have everything now. I've got to understand a lot of things that are worthwhile take time. And I want you to say that word with me, and we have to wait. Right? It's not a good word. It's not a fun word. Wait. We don't like to wait in line. We don't like to wait for anything. We, we want it now. That's dangerous this morning. I want you to get that in your spirit. So our birthright in, and our destiny is like this, is like the lottery sometimes. If someone played the lottery, I'm not going to ask you if you know someone who's played the lottery or won the lottery, but how many have heard of the stories where someone wins a lottery and they get a large sum of money. Let's say they won $10 million. Guess what the lottery people do to that person? They come to them and they say, you can have this amount now and they give you a lesser amount or we'll give you the $10 million over 20 years and they'll spread it out. Now, which one of those two would be the wise thing to do? Take the $10 million and get it all and spread it out over 20 years. But most people, because of instant gratification, say, I'll take six now over ten later. See, see the thing there? But here's, how, here's what happens. If someone takes six million today, instead of taking it over 20 years and waiting and getting the full amount, that just the attitude alone of wanting to take the six million now is setting them up already to fail even on that six million dollars. Sounds like a lot of money. But they're going to waste that money real fast because they don't know how to wait. And the reason they played the lottery ticket showed they don't know how to wait. Is anybody following that this morning? People go play the lottery because they don't want to wait to work hard enough to get that money that's going to last. They're looking for instant gratification. Amen. They're looking for something now. I, I, I want to be a millionaire, but I want to be a millionaire now, and I don't want to work for it. So how many understand where I'm going with this? So being, being that I want everything right now, here's the problem. When you begin to take that into spiritual things, you can have eternal loss for temporary pleasure. Eternal loss for temporary pleasure. I'm going to say that one more time. You can have eternal loss for temporary pleasure. This is the story we're reading right here. Esau sold his birthright for food. 
for a meal. Now, this is going to make sense here in a second. Now, what I'm going to say right now, if you haven't really grasped this yet, this will, this will connect to your brain. How many have ever tried to eat right, eat good, and you maybe start a diet or a lifestyle change or whatever, and you're trying to eat right, and you've done it for a few days, and you've stayed off the carbs, and you stayed off this or that, and all of a sudden you fall into temptation, and you eat a big old meal, and it tastes so good while you're eating it, but as soon as you're done eating it, like five minutes later, you wish you wouldn't have done it, and your stomach hurts, and you're saying, oh, I wish I would have ate that meal, right? Am I the only one that's ever done that? I didn't get very many amens on that. How many following me? What happens? You immediately feel bad about that, and you thought, man, I just did three days or seven days or a week or two weeks or a month. I just did all this work to lose it in one meal out of instant gratification. And then your body hurts and you're mad at yourself. How many people, to go a step further, are living their life for God? They're, They're trying to live a holy life. They're trying to serve the Lord. They're trying to do what's right. And then Satan puts in front of them a moment of instant gratification. How many people this morning have destroyed their marriages, destroyed their families, destroyed lives because of instant gratification? Something that was just temporary pleasure, temporary fun, and destroyed everything out of that. Lots of people. Amen? Here's an example. A certain tribe in Africa elects a a new king every seven years. Pay attention closely to what I'm going to tell you. Every seven years. But at the end of seven years, they kill the king. So the king has seven years to serve. So for seven years, this king... And this is a true story. This is true. Uh, the member of the tribe enjoys for seven years the highest honor. They have every known luxury in their hands, everything money can buy. His authority is absolute, even the power of life and death. And for seven years, he rules and is honored and just totally saturated with possessions and things. But then he's killed at the end of that seven years. Now, you would think that after that happens once, someone else would be like, you know what, I don't think I want to live just seven years of luxury and then die. But it's interesting because even though every member of this tribe is aware, it's a custom of long standing, and it's been going on for thousands of years. They always find a king who will take the tribe and take ownership for seven years, to live seven years. So listen, for seven years of luxury and power, they're willing to sacrifice the remainder of their life. Now that sounds crazy to us, but a lot of times we make those decisions without knowing it. We have the enemy come and place stuff in front of us that looks good. It looks enticing. I want to remind you, Satan knows what he's doing. Again, I'm not trying to give him power or or credit but it's true got to get credit where credit is due he's been around for a long time and he has deceived here's something i i always try to remind myself he has deceived the best of the best he has caused the greatest of the greatest to fall who am i to think that he cannot deceive me who am i to think that he cannot trick me if he has tricked the greatest of the greatest So we have to understand we're dealing with a real enemy. 
And that enemy today in this, like, this message is instant gratification. All right? Now I want to go on. I got, I got several things I want you to think about as I begin to close. Here's the problem. He, he was hungry now. And he was at the moment he let his, his, his stomach think for him. He let his stomach dictate his decisions. He, he got him, and again, he was working hard. There's nothing wrong with that. So he was doing the right thing. But he allowed his stomach to dictate something, and he began to think less about tomorrow and more about now. And that's the problem we have sometimes. We are sometimes so worried about now that we don't think of the future. What is this decision I'm making right now going to do to affect my life tomorrow, my life next week, and not only my life, but the destiny of the people around me and the destiny of the people who are watching me and the destiny of the people who are my kids or grandkids? What am I doing today that's going to affect them down the road? Don't you want to leave a legacy behind you when you pass away? Don't you, want to, don't you want to have something left behind that's real and lasts? Don't you want to have something that, that's powerful? If you don't this morning, then I challenge you to start living for something. We need to have to want, we want, we should want to have to leave a legacy. We should want to leave something behind. But here's something I want you to think about. We can't put a birthright in a pot and cook it up in stew. This is something from the Old Testament. But here's what the pot of stew indicates for us. Number one, satisfies the flesh. Satan is always going to put something in front of us that satisfies our flesh. And that is why we should pray. That is why we should fast. That is why we come to church like this and get around other believers and get strength. Because if we don't, we will find ourselves on an island spiritually. We will find ourselves in a place. I, I haven't used this recently, but it's one of the best examples, and it's just a simple example. Someone here might not have ever heard it or haven't heard it from here, but you just think about the animal kingdom. You just think about that, that safari out there with the, with the lions and, 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 and the animals out there and, and how predators attack prey and understanding that even when a lion, for example, that is the king of the jungle, they say, is going after a group of animals, it does not matter how weak those animals are, if they stay in a group, the lions cannot destroy them. Are you following me? I don't care what animal it is. If there's enough of them and they stay together, that lion is not going to try to fight more than one. Here's why. It's not always because he couldn't. It's because he knows there's easier prey. You might be weak here this morning. You might feel like, I'm not a very strong Christian, but being here at church and being in fellowship and coming and getting around other believers, it makes you strong. Because, because if someone's going to attack, they're going, that, that animal's not going to attack the one. He's going to continue to watch until what happens? One of those animals breaks off on their own. And once that animal gets off on their own, boom, he attacks. Because now he knows whether it's a big animal or a small animal, it's one-on-one. -on -one. None of us can defeat Satan one-on-one. -on -one. With Jesus Christ, we cannot be defeated. In Christ, I can do all things. But if I try to defeat Satan on my own, I will lose 1,000 out of 1,000 times. 
And this is what the, the Satan did to Esau. He got him to a place of, of desperation. He got him to a place where he was on an island spiritually. He got him to a place where he was so desperate for a meal that he had to satisfy his flesh right then, and he sold his birthright. Now, before I finish, I want you to understand how serious that is. He lost and forfeited everything that God had for him. We today, listen to this, I want you to think about this. We today, and I mentioned this the last couple weeks on Wednesday nights when we're talking about our fundamental beliefs, we say that God is the God of Abraham and Isaac and who? Jacob. So he's in the hall of faith. He's in the hall of fame spiritually. Jacob. That could have been, should have been, Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. That's how serious it is. He sold away that. Now you might be like, wow, come on, I'm not anywhere near that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob thing. You are more important than you think you are. You know why you're important this morning? Because there are people that you can reach and God has for you to reach that will never know Jesus without you. They will never make heaven their home without you. Sometimes we think, I'm, I, who am I? I'm nobody. Listen, one person is worth it all. And you have, now we, Abraham and Isaac and Jake, we think of that, that's a lot of people, you know, we, that's a lot of descendants, and there's, a lot of, there's one person, if there's one person that's behind you, don't give that destiny away for satisfying your flesh for one time. Instant gratification. So the next part is, it satisfies the flesh. Number two, it's instant that gets most people. It's now. It's now. You, you want it now. And here's another thing. It's alluring. The, the aroma is intoxicating. I promise you that Esau would not have sold his birthright just for any kind of food. That food had to have been good. Does that make sense? It means Satan is good at putting something in front of you that's going to attract you. You know what that means? That means across this room, every single one of us have something in our lives that is a weakness. Everyone, haven't you ever heard of the Achilles heel? Yep. Every single one of us have an Achilles heel spiritually. Every, and all of us have different ones. There are certain things you can put in front of certain people and it's not going to appeal them to them at all. And there are other things you can put in front of that person that will that'll, that'll be their Achilles, it'll be their weakness, it'll be the thing that they would do anything for. And if you don't believe that, just go out and talk so, to some people who are addicted to something. Yeah. And that can be lots of things. So it's going to be alluring, it's going to be real, it's going to be something that... that uh, Tastes good, looks good, sounds good, and smells good. But remember, Satan dresses as an angel of light. Amen. So he sells his, his, his whole legacy, his whole inheritance, and everything. And listen to what he, Mike, uh, Malachi mentions him and Obadiah mentions them, uh, uh, Esau. It's the only time he's mentioned in the Old Testament. And listen to what the statement is. Uh, Malachi 1, you don't have to go there for time, but Malachi 1 and I believe it's Obadiah, Obadiah too. he mentions this and he says, Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. So he's mentioned again in the Bible, but he's mentioned as someone who God hates. Because God had something so awesome for Esau. And he, as we read here in Genesis, despised it. Despised it. He, he sold it for instant 
gratification. Then Hebrews 12, 16 mentions him. New Testament, the chapter after Hebrews 11, which is the faith chapter. And he says, lest there be any fornicator, this is Hebrews 12, 16, or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Isn't that crazy? Now we look at this story. Here's our problem sometimes. We look at this story and we go, man, what an idiot. That was dumb. Why would you do that? But if we could see our lives sometimes, we would be like, why did I do that? And there's nothing worse than living in a life of wishing you hadn't. Wishing you'd have done something different. Wishing you wouldn't have made that mistake. Now, in this place this morning, I'm sure there are people here who have made some mistakes that they wish they hadn't have done. That's where the good news comes in. That's where the gospel comes in. And that's where we can get a new, fresh start today. We can start over. You may have, you may have see, we can't sell our birthright. We, we didn't have a birthright in the first place. We were born in, we personally came into this world in sin. And we have an inherit, inheritance waiting for us if we choose it. But we have to accept what Jesus did for us. And when I do, I get something awesome out of it. John 1 says, verse 12, As many as have received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. The sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen? Now, I just realized I mentioned that we don't have a birthright. I meant to say we have a birthright. We have a birthright, all of us. But we can reject it just like Esau did. Our birthright is that we can be sons and daughters of God. We have a price already paid for us. That, that the debt has already been paid. We already have an inheritance. Romans 8 says, verse 14, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if they're children, then they're heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. So it, so it be that if we suffer with Him, we may also be glorified together with Him. Revelation 5 says, verse 10, And He has made us to be our, our, unto, us, unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. God has so many promises for us this morning. What do we have to do? We have to defeat that right there. Instant gratification. We have to fight against the flesh and say, I'm not going to trade in something temporary for something that's eternal. You might know someone this morning who's done that. You might know somebody who has made a big, bad decision and that you know that they were on a path of righteousness, they were on the path to do good things, and they have sold out to the world. You know, I think about uh, singers this morning, just as an example. Did you know that a great percentage of the singers in our world today grew up in church? And I'm talking about secular singers, ones who are out, uh, and, I, and I'm not even talking about ones who just sing so-so songs, but some have gone crazy. Some have gone off the deep end, and I'm not going to name names. But you know, a lot of those people were raised knowing the truth. And, and, and what happens is they get up to a place where Satan says, Hey, I'll make you famous. I'll make you powerful. I'll give you money. 
and they trade in what God had for them, take the voice God gave them and trade that in for fame. Sell their soul to the devil. Did you know this morning that you can sell your soul to the devil? That's not a fake statement. That's the truth. Satan has power. The Bible says he's the prince of this world. Now you might think, well, what are you talking about that for? That's big, famous people. I'm just a normal person. Well, you're and me as normal people start to make little bad decisions. And those little bad decisions eventually lead to a big bad decision. Satan does not come in and say, hey, I'm the devil. I'm going to deceive you. I'm going to kill you. He doesn't do that. He comes in real sly. comes in real tricky. He didn't tell Adam and Eve in the garden, you're going to lose everything if you eat this apple. He said, if you eat this apple, now you'll have the knowledge that God, who God is. And they traded in destiny for an apple, for instant gratification. And what happened after that? They immediately knew where they were, immediately knew they were in sin, immediately knew they were naked. And thanks to them, we're in the position we're in today. Don't fall in the same place and whole Adam and Eve fell in. Instant gratification. There's, there's a great word, two words, in the fruits of the Spirit that helped me so much over the years. And, I, and I've gotten a grip on it, thank God. It's called self-control. I mention it a lot. We can have self-control. This morning, if you're here listening and the devil's on your shoulder speaking and saying, you're just weak, you just can't handle that. That's why you do that. You don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. That's what he's going to tell you. Don't worry about it. I hear people say, I'm just so weak. I just can't help myself. When you say that, you're making, the, you're making God a liar. Because God says you can have self-control. You can say no. Amen? Instant gratification, temporary pleasure. And what we need is, 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 is to, to realize there's something bigger waiting for me. Heaven is waiting for us. Eternal life is waiting for us. Glory is waiting for us. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I may be, you may be also. Amen? Don't, don't trade in some of these instant things to lose that permanent, eternal plan that God has for us. A few moments of pleasure that, that overpowers us at a moment. Sometimes we can go out and buy something that's going to cost us money, that's going to cause us to not be able to be at church, that's going to cause us to not be able to do the things of God. Sometimes you see people who who say no and say no and say no to maybe friends inviting them out to a party and then they go and, and then they fall into that temptation. People who are trying to be accepted at school. All these different things. You know, I think as I close this morning about Peter. When we get that attitude of I'll never do that, it's a dangerous attitude. We should say it in the sense of 
Lord, help me never do that. Lord, stand with me in the sense of that, that security, but not, I, I would never do that. Be careful when you say that. Because I think of Peter. Peter said in Luke 2, 22, 33, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. So, I mean, he was, he, he, in his mind, he, his, he, was, he had it together and he was strong. But what do we know about Peter? Not too long after that, he was denying Jesus three times. So we have to stay humble. And we have to say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this by myself. I need to call on God and say, Lord, I know you're going to help me do this. Amen. How many will call on the Lord with me this morning and ask God to help us not fall in to instant gratification? Amen. Father, this, as we close this morning, we see this story of Jacob and Esau. We can't even understand in our minds and spirits how sad it is that Esau had an eternal destiny. Lord, that you loved him and he turned his back on you. He chose food. He chose a meal. It wasn't even meals. It was a meal to trade in his destiny. He basically said, God, this thing, this, this instant gratification is more important than my eternal destiny. And Lord, I pray this morning for myself and for everybody here that we would never get to the place where we feel like we are above that happening. That we are so strong that we cannot fall. Lord, that we would understand that we are in a world that's very deceitful. We're in a world that has a lot of voices. We're in, a, we're in a world where the enemy is running rampant because he knows his time is short. Don't allow us, Father, to fall into these traps of the enemy. Don't allow us to be so caught up in this world that we lose sight of what really matters. And that's a relationship with you this morning. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, maybe you're here this morning and you don't really realize how, how real your birthright is. Your birthright means that Jesus paid a debt for you to give you eternal life. It cost him everything. It cost him his life. He took his life to the cross. He died on the cross for you so that you could have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. You know, on the flip side of that, as you're listening, Moses understood the, the importance of his birthright. He was born an Israelite and then picked up by the Hebrew Egyptians and raised by them. And when he was old enough to understand who he was, he went back to his people. He left the palace. He left the riches. He left the power. Doesn't mean that you can't have things and be saved. That's not the point here. He said, I understand that my birthright is more important than all the treasures in Egypt. 
So Moses and Esau are two totally different men here. And we see how Moses ends up. We see that he's in the hall of faith. He's in the hall of fame spiritually. Tonight you need to ask yourself, how much is my destiny worth? Maybe there's some some secret sin you're dealing with this morning. I know that that's not a popular word. Maybe there's some things in your life that are hidden that nobody knows about but you and God. And those things are by the Holy Spirit touching you and saying, listen, those things are, are idols. You're trading in my destiny for you for some temporary gratification. And, and God would say, stop this morning. I'm not condemning you. I'm convicting you. Change that. Give that to me. Stop doing that. Stop, stop playing with that because it's going to eventually destroy you. In the Songs of Solomon, the Bible says that the little foxes spoil the vine. It's not the big ones. It's not the big decisions. You don't make a big decision to do something bad without making a lot of little decisions bad first. So the opposite is, if I'm going to make good decisions, big ones, i got to make little ones that are good too. The best decision you can make this morning is saying, Lord, I need to give you lordship of my life. I need to make sure that you are number one in my life, number one in my heart, number that there's nothing else in my life that's more important than you. How many this morning all over this place could say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me this morning because I need to make Jesus Lord of my life. I need to accept him into my heart this morning. I need to make sure that, that my birthright is in place, that I am, I, am, I am living the redeemed life. If that's you, just put your hand up. I want to pray with you this morning and put it right back down all over this place. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want that birthright. I want to make sure that, I, that, that the things of this world are not running my decisions. Maybe you're here this morning and you at one point in your life, maybe you're visiting, maybe you've been coming for a while, and when you were younger, you were on fire for God. You loved God. You served God. But you are starting to, by the Holy Spirit this morning, realize you have been feeding your life with instant gratification. Little things here, little things there, putting things off. And today, God is saying, child, I want your heart back. Because I want to tell you something. God's a jealous God. He doesn't want a little bit of you. He wants all of us. He doesn't share his glory with anyone, the Bible says. So how many this morning could say that I need to rededicate my life to the Lord this morning? Put your hand up and put it back down. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. You know, one day this will all be real. More real than this. You know, we can touch ourselves and realize we're real this morning. There's going to be an eternal reward. There's not a person in here this morning that is not dealing with that right there. Not one. Not one person that doesn't fight that on, on a daily basis shortcut. How many have realized that sh there are no shortcuts? There aren't. There's no such thing as a shortcut. To something that lasts, to something that matters, to something that's real, to something that's genuine, there's no shortcuts. You know, you go back to thinking about a diet. Everybody, there's a thousand million diets. What's the only way to lose weight? 
Eat less, exercise more. Period. Call all the stuff you want. I've, I, I've done it over the years. Lots of things. Lots of, lots of gimmicks. And it happens the same way in the spiritual world. We try to do shortcuts to have a great relationship with God. We try shortcuts to have a great marriage. We try shortcuts to have great relationships. We try shortcuts to, to memorize script. Whatever it is, there's no shortcuts. It's every day doing the right thing. Every day doing the right thing. Every day doing the right thing. And just doing that long enough to where you really realize I've gotten somewhere. Because how many people try it quick and it don't work? I know I've seen it over the years. Lots of people. They want instant gratification. They want to be saved, set free, delivered, on fire, serving God, fruit. They want, to, they want to touch the world, change the world, transform the world all in one moment. It doesn't happen like that. It takes time. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. Amen. We're going to open the altars here to pray. I want to pray this morning for you for a couple of things. But first and foremost, we're, I'm not ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In our church, we, we, do, an, we do an altar call for salvation. And we're also going to pray for those that are listening online. It's a simple thing. If you're here today and you're not sure, 100% sure in your heart, if I died right now, where would I go? Where would I go? If you're not sure, why don't you make a decision today? Why don't you make a public confession? I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins and we'll pray with you this morning. If that's you, maybe you raised your hand for rededication or first time, I'm just going to wait a second just to step out of your seat. Come stand here. I want to pray with you this morning. I'm not afraid to do that. I'm not ashamed to do that. I, I, when I got saved, the day I got saved, I, the, the guy didn't even have a chance to do an altar call. I was at the altar already. It's like, I need to be saved. So if you raised your hand this morning or you're not sure, I'm going to give just a few seconds just to step out of your seat. This is the moment where you don't look around to see if anybody else is doing it. You just do it because you know you're not ready. You know you're not right. And you need to be saved this morning. You know, I was doing a, a thing just on Discipleship Friday morning. There's a religion and a cult that believes that you're going to, you can have eternal life with God if you, if you believe in him and um, if you obey him. But if you don't, you just die. Can you imagine if that was true? how popular that would be? Wouldn't that be awesome if we could just choose God and then just be saved, but if I don't choose God, I just die and the lights go out? There'd be no consequences for disobedience. But I want you to know this morning, if you reject Jesus Christ, He will reject you. He said these words, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father who's in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father who's in heaven. I didn't write that. Jesus said it. Amen. So make that statement today. I want to pray for all of us together this prayer and just repeat after me because I want to make sure everybody knows they're saved this morning. Lord Jesus, I ask you this morning to forgive me of all my sins. I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Every day, 
I fall short of your glory. I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes unto the Father except through you. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and to be Lord and Master. I believe in my heart that you died on the cross for my sins. I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord. And God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And he conquered death so that I could have eternal life. I ask you to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. And when we sing a song this morning, if there's something you want to pray about, if there's something you want prayer for, we're going to open up the altars for just a few moments. We're not going to be officially dismissed yet, although if anybody needs to leave, they're, they're welcome to. But we're going to sing a song as we begin to sing. Maybe, maybe there's some little things in your life the Holy Spirit spoke to you today. And he's saying, hey, you need to get, get a hold of that before it gets a hold of you. You need to deal with that before it deals with you. Let's, let's open up the altars this morning.